Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend and co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, good to see you. You as well. How are we doing? Excellent. It's finally, you know, we talked about this a couple episodes or last one. We talked about the weather, but when you live in the Midwest or West, Northwest, whatever, it's a big part of everyday life, right? And uh, finally, it's the sun is shining. It's a little warm. Grass is green. We get to be outside. It's wonderful. Absolutely. And, and just how much that changes things, right? Like, so, and this is no shot at John Gordon, okay? A John Gordon author has a Sounds ton of like books. we're about to get a shot at John Gordon. <laughs> like, he is unfailingly positive. He like follow his Twitter or read his books. Like he has, I think his podcast is called the power of positive, right? Like Mm. it's, it's an amazing sort of thing. And I struggle with it sometimes, even though most people that know me would be like, you're the king of positive as a teacher. I'm like cheerleader jumping up and down all these things. Like there's a, there's a challenge to authenticity with constantly positive, right? Always positive sometimes isn't true, right? sometimes doesn't feel true to everybody else. And maybe he is that guy that it's always true, but sometimes I struggle with his stuff because I'm like, dude, you aren't actually like this, right? Because to me, sometimes the weather is a, is a dictator of mood, right? <laughs> right. Sometimes what somebody does to me influences me and impacts me. Sometimes when, when people make excuses for me, I'm like, absolutely. That's why it didn't work out. You know, our guest today, that, no that is not who he is, right? Because his story is super cool. MSU Bobcat grad. Kevin Cassis just signed with the Seattle Seahawks, quit his job about a year and a half or so ago after a year and a half of not playing football. Decides, hey, I'm going to get back in shape. I tried to get drafted once. It didn't work out because it was right in the middle of COVID. You talked about those excuses. And he you'll hear him talk about all the people in his life saying, Hey, you got you got hosed, you got screwed, tough break. Right. And how often do whether it's people telling us that or that excuse coming into our own head and us saying, Yep, that's a good enough excuse to not chase my dream, to not give it my best shot. Well, again, you're gonna hear that that is not who Kevin is. And it's an incredible story that I think we all can take something from and we can all get better from. Well, if we listen to it with the right ear, right? Like it's a cool story and it's entertaining because it, it does wind and bend back on itself. And like, it's, it's hard to imagine him as a high school athlete in this spot right now. He walks us through how he got there and it's a challenge to all of us also, right? You can listen to it for the story and be entertained, or you can listen to it and and be challenged by who he is being an example for all of us. No doubt. We got better today. So will you. Here we go. We now welcome on Kevin Cassis, a very special guest for us. Kevin, I saw your story a couple of weeks ago or last week or whenever it was. And I was like, man, this is a dude we got to have on the podcast. And I got to, I got to have him tell this story because it's that incredible. But first of all, welcome to the podcast. No, awesome. Yeah. Thanks guys. Exciting to be here. 
So I, I'm not even sure where to start, but um, you're, I want it because I want to hear it from you. But what I heard and what I saw was an article about you. You just signed with the, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and prior to that, you played at Montana State, which is I, most listeners now know that I live in, in Bozeman just down the street and, and have adopted the Bobcats as my, my team, given you know I live one mile from the stadium. So um, this last year was an incredible run. But you were prior to this year, you know, you you graduated a few years ago. And I just want to hear you start from wherever you want to start on your journey in the last couple of years. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, well, where do I begin? Um, you know, for myself, um, I like to think the journey, you know, really started to begin back in high school. Um, one of those guys definitely undersized, um, didn't have the you know, physical characteristics coming out of high school that I think these schools were looking for. So, um, you know, recruiting wise, I, I, I wasn't heavily recruited. Um, actually, last minute, I received uh, like a partial, almost scholarship offer from Montana State. I say partial because um, it wasn't a whole lot. And basically, it was like I was uh, pretty much a walk on. I mean, it wasn't yeah. cheap going, being out of state at Montana State. So, and I don't really know why I went on a visit and got off the plane and decided to come to Montana state and probably the best decision that I, that I've ever made. So I like to think it starts there. Cause even back then I even think about that journey, the recruiting journey, yeah. man, it was, it was not easy. And I like to bring up, bring this up because there were a lot of days when I was like, you know what, let's just go be a frat star at, uh, at a big school and, and just throw it all in and don't play football go play, um, intramural stuff like that. But then I'd always find myself, you know, like, why, why am I thinking that way? I, you know, my dream is to play college football and eventually, you know, hopefully have an opportunity to play in the NFL. So I like to bring that up because I think that's really what, what, what shaped me early on was that adversity overcoming the whole recruiting battle, but fortunately was able to um, get my foot in the door at Montana state. And this is another funny part that I, I like to bring up and part of my story is, you know, a lot of the incoming freshmen, they bring them in, you know, in the summertime, you have time to adjust and you get to work out with the team and, you know, start to learn the offense. And I remember I texted my, uh, my receiver coach and was like, Hey, when, when am I, uh, when am I coming in? Like, when do you guys need me here? And he's like, uh, you know, uh, just come August 2nd. That's when fall camp or training camp starts. So I'm like, all right. Uh, <laughs> That sounds, sounds good. I'll, I'll be there on August 2nd. Um, so basically, I had the summer all by myself. I was still um, originally from Northern California. So I uh, grew up right outside of Sacramento. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to be training on my own, um, you know, this whole summer. So that was another thing. Just another chip on my shoulder. I was like, all right, they don't even want me there during the summer. So fast forward, get the whole summer. I'm, um, I'm, I'm ready to go. And, uh, I get there and, um, you know, I, like I said, I wasn't there for the summer to have to get trained with the guys. So I'm a fish out of water. I have no clue what's going on. I show up there basically practice the first day and, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely an adjustment, you know, um, I felt like I belonged and, but it, Speak it's to that. Tough. It felt like you belonged physically or, or mentally emotionally. Like talk to that. Cause that, I think that's a weird transition. And to say that I think is a big deal because not everybody feels like they belong day one. 
Well, you know? totally. especially, especially because you just got done saying, yeah, you know, most of the freshmen come in in the summer, right? And then they Definitely. told you, hey, you don't need to be here till August. So I'm cu- just as curious as Jamie. How, you felt like you belong. Was that physically, emotionally part of the team? What? You know what? I, I really attributed to even that summer in, you know, the years prior, even from an early age, I had developed a really good um, fundament from just from a fundamental standpoint, um, you know, feel for the game and just a skill set where I knew I wasn't the biggest guy, but technically and from the fundamental standpoint, you know, I caught the ball. I've been, I mean, my dad's been throwing me passes since I was three years old. So I catch the ball really well. I run good routes. I always just felt, Hey, it's just one of those things where um, I'm getting underlooked because I'm not the fastest guy. Um, I will say, you know, I'm quick and out of my breaks. And I just feel like I've developed a super good, you know, from a fundamental standpoint, um, feel for the game. So uh, I had that wired in my mind where I was like, I'm good enough to play at this level. And um, even if you guys don't want me here, if you want me, you think I'm just going to come in August 2nd and hold a bag um, and be the practice dummy. That was, I, I, that didn't even cross my mind, but um, so I was just ready to, ready to get out there. And honestly, from the, from the first day and throughout basically that whole month, um, there was a couple practices where I re- they actually, they, they do like a, I want to say like an incoming freshman, like really let this just like the freshmen and maybe guys who are still young um, participate in like a, like a, during practice, I like a, I want to call it like a rookie scrimmage for the young guys. And I did really well. And then I excelled. And um, next thing you know, it, they're, I'm running with the twos and then, um, you know, come that first game they're they're telling me I'm not red shirt and I'm suiting up. And it's crazy. No, it's, it's one of those things though, where, um, I think in the moment it was tough to, I'm like, I'm calling my parents after day three, day four, next thing I'm like, Hey, I think I'm going to be, I don't think I'm red shirting anymore. Hey, I think I'm going to be traveling this week. I think they're going to burn my red shirt this game. And actually that first game we went and played at, at the university of Idaho. And, um, I got in for one play. So, and back then that's when, um, like the new rules. Now you can play four games without, Uh, burning yeah. your red shirt. So I had burned it that first game in one place. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess it's, you know, I guess I'm playing this year. So that first game I didn't, obviously, like I said, played one snap. The next game, I, you know, started to get in the rotation, started starting returning punts. And then it's actually, it's really funny. By week four, um, coming back home to, to Sacramento is when I went, made my first start at receiver for the for the bobcats so man it crazy game and um i want to take another step back which is it's a you know it's a full circle moment but basically when i was coming out of high school as well i really wanted to go to uc davis super close to home great education um the coach had told me at a uc davis camp hey we're going to take one wide receiver you're going to be in the conversation you know potentially that you know, we could bring you in as that one guy. He talked to me for, shoot, almost a year, called me after every game, everything. So I was like, man, this is, I'm going to go to UC Davis. He came for a home visit and uh, 
sat me down and with my parents and stuff and and he starts going on about saying how he's almost alluding to the idea that hey they're going to bring him in on a partial scholarship talking about hey you know at the fcs level um you know we'll we can, we have the luxury of being able to divide up scholarships so it's kind of going off on that and so i'm like okay are they gonna give me a partial scholarship offer and the next thing you know he goes but for you i think we're gonna we want to bring you in as a walk-on and as soon as he said that, I, I tuned him out and I, I didn't talk to him ever again. And I was, and I said, I'm not going to UC Davis. I will not go there. I kind of built up like this resentment to that school. I mean, my sister went there. I wanted to go there. It was so close to home. It still makes me frustrated. So um, we were playing them my freshman year at home. And I had that game circled since basically since the schedule had come out. And we weren't, so we played them my freshman year. I actually had a long punt return. I threw a touchdown pass and snapped my helmet down, looking at the sidelines. I pulled out the bow and arrow and shot at him. It's, it's crazy how that, how that worked. And then, um, you know, fast forward four years, um, we, we get like an idea of who we're going to play. And we were going to be playing UC Davis my senior year. So I had that game circled four years out in advance. I knew that we were playing them at UC Davis. So, um, went there and I had my best career game against them. And then, you know, the guy who was recruiting me uh, came up to me after and was still makes me mad, but I, I'm so glad I, had, I was able to, to do that. But I just bring that story up because it's kind of, you know, gosh, it, it's helped some ways me it, as well. It encapsulates a little bit what this journey has been, right? This, this constant, like it's not going to happen for you. Totally sort of reality right what's really cool and i just got to interject here i actually committed to going to uc i'm from minnesota i committed to going to davis oh, um, no kidding. out of like my november ish of my senior year of high school and i wasn't going to play sports i i thought about it but I, I i was i sent a check that i was a roommate deposit to university of california at davis and then i ended up getting a a, a partial scholarship offer to play football at a, at a small private school in the area and decided that that was going to be my choice but that's wild that you talk about davis like I, i'm fond of the place as well but i just think as you talk about that that it just wraps up this whole idea like maybe it's not going to happen for you and then you go and prove that that the opportunity when given is all you need. That little window, that sliver, that moment of motivation is enough. Continue to talk about how you get to the Seahawks because it's right. we're not there yet. <laughs> right. So, um, so after my freshman, the first semester of my freshman year, basically from week four to the rest of the season, started at wide receiver, started at punt return. Um, I believe I returned kicks as well. And um, so that season comes in and we weren't very good. We were kind of in a rebuilding period. Um, but I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm going to I'm going to get put on scholarship. I'm going to get a full scholarship, um, which is basically, you know, what I've been working towards. And my head coach called me and was like, um, he goes, we're going to put you on full scholarship for the next spring semester. You did really obviously you performed on the field. And I got, I had a 4.0. He goes, we're going to put you on the, on a full scholarship to reward you for the spring semester. And I, and I was kind of confused. I'm like, okay, so that means like going forward, I'm going to be on a full scholarship. So that spring goes by, we have our spring game. I score a couple touchdowns. I had a really good spring. And then 
they let me know, they go, Hey, we're going to drop you down to a half scholarship. I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, really? I'm like, I'm, I'm actually pretty frustrated. I actually, you know, I just talked to my parents. I'm like, do I, do I leave? Like, this isn't like, how is this fair? Like I played as a freshman. There's guys who are, who came in on full scholarship who are now my backups. There's guys who I beat out who are now my backups who are on full scholarship. How does this make sense? And, you know, I think I was able to express that to the coaching staff and, and it's crazy. You know, we, I want to say almost kind of went back and forth if they were going to do it or not. I had considered maybe potentially leaving if they weren't going to put me on full scholarship. And then eventually after begging and pleading and stuff, they decided to, you know, put me on full scholarship. But I bring that up too, because it's so funny because it's like you see guys on Twitter and Instagram posting about, I've had, I got this scholarship offer. I got this and I got that. And, and I think back, I'm like, man, like, and I'm, that's gotta be so nice to get a call from a school when you're in high school saying, Hey, we're, you, you have a scholarship offer. But for me, it was like, I had to beg. And when they finally said like, you know, you can have a, you will, we'll put you on scholarship. Um, it was kind of like one of those things where I, it, I was almost not fresh. I obviously I was super happy. It was, you know, huge, you know, financial relief for my parents and stuff. Um, and it's something I've been working towards, but it's just funny. It's like, man, it, this, the whole process, even earning a scholarship for myself was, was difficult. So, but I, um, I, I also think, you know, and yes, it would be nice. Right. And you look at all those Twitter posts and it's like, man, that would, that would be sweet. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe your story isn't any different and maybe you're already in the NFL at this point, if you had gotten those offers and people don't overlook you and kind of put you through the ringer. But I think there's a pattern developing here where there's, you don't get what you want. There's an adversity and you continue to build off of that. So before we keep going, where, do, where does that mentality come from? Because I, not all of us are blessed with that naturally. I mean, we work with individuals and teams, and I know I have an individual right now who's going to be a se- going into his senior year playing football, wants to play in college, is being recruited. But, like, you know, there's he, he's not sure if he's good enough. He's not sure where he's going. And, and there's times where he's just like, ah, maybe, maybe I don't deserve this because I'm not getting the attention. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's what we're battling. But, and it sounds like you were able to push through that. Whether I'm sure there were times where you had those thoughts and those things, but, but maybe not. So where does that mentality come from that no matter what, I'm just going to keep going. You know what? I've been asked that question before. Um, I actually got asked that question in the job I interviewed for and actually ended up leaving. But, um, you know, I think I, there's a couple of things I like to think that's kept me going is I have great parents who established, you know, a never quit, never give up, you know, mindset of mine um, from a really young age. Um, and then also, too, I felt like I had put so much preparation into from such a young age into going on this journey that, you know, regardless of what obstacles came up my way, I was, you know, you know, I could get through that, get, get through them and overcome. I loved, I love the thing. There's separation in the preparation, you know, I just felt like I'd put the time in to the point where I was like, you know what, you know, 
these obstacles that come my way, I'm going to be able to get around them. You know, I'm able to persevere. And when, you know, live bullets start flying, I'm going to be the one who's going to show what, what the work I've put in. And I I think that speaks to why you felt like you belong day one at practice, right? Like you said, this is foundation based. And I'm thinking to the coaches that are listening, like you high school coaches that want to create all this complexity and scheme and like we're going to have this separation because our our scheme is so great no what is our job prepare these athletes for the next step well what's the next step going to require you just communicated it brilliantly right prepare us in such a way that we're confident that first day we walk on campus that our skills are enough that they can hang in this environment and then you say, you know, like their separation and the preparation. I love this uh, Haitian proverb, right? Behind them, beyond the mountains are more mountains, right? Like, okay, I'm going to climb this one. And then there's probably going to be another one. And then there's probably mm-hmm. going to be another one. And like, I feel confident that I can do that because I know I can last at 12,000 feet, at 14,000 feet, at 16,000 feet, because I've been there and I've done it before. I'm just going to go do it again, you know? And, and that's a really really amazing thing. And then to have the support system that you talk about, like whether it's parents or coaches or people there to lean into, it just can't be done without them. I agree. So, yeah. So, yeah, no, definitely. So sorry, I didn't mean to totally derail us. I just didn't want to miss that important point because I, I, I think it's something that we talk about a lot and sometimes it comes naturally. And sometimes, like you said, it comes from our, our parents and our supports in terms of it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what, you give, you give me a partial scholarship, I'm going to keep going and doing my job. Right. And then, and I'm gonna, and then asking for wrong. what, ask for what you need. Right. Like, yeah, I, totally. I think I earned this thing. Right. No, definitely. And that's what, um, I don't know that it's like, I, I'm glad, I'm glad that all happened because now I get that scholarship and I'm going to my sophomore year. So now it's like, I think a lot of guys just get satisfied. You get that scholarship and it's just like, let off the gas, you know, I'm on scholarship. I get to put this jersey on, but for myself, I was like, I got to keep the scholarship. Now I got to keep going. Like this is, this is just the beginning. So, you know, from my sophomore year on um, every year I was, there was fear and I was scared of someone coming in and taking my job every year. It didn't matter. So like my junior and senior year, when I felt as though I was best receiver on that team, they needed me. I was still scared that, someone was going to come in, take my job. Um, and I was, I don't know why it was every single training camp we went into. I was, there was some element of fear where it was like, they want to replace me. They don't want me here because I, I honestly, sometimes I felt that way. Like even my senior year, when I'm the guy, I still felt like I had to beg and plead, like, can you guys keep me the ball? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So it just, it's just funny how things happen and you know, everything plays out. But I think that that putting ourselves in an environment where it's pretty sharp, right, where the the points are pretty real, like you're going to butt up against really sharp people, really quality athletes, really quality individuals. It kind of keeps you on your toes to say, I might not be good enough today and I got to bring it every single day. Like, you know, I think Montana State has really raise that level from your freshman year where it was like, ah, oh, we're not very good. We're kind of in this rebuilding stage. Now, by the time you're a senior, I would imagine you guys are kind of at a place where we're, we're going to compete. Right. And, and I, I think about my senior year of football, I'm not coming back as an all conference player as a junior, like I'm worried somebody's going to take my job. Right. Right. It's so crazy to think about like, cause everybody around me on our team is also pretty good. 
You know, like I know Mm -hmm. that dude, what he was doing in the weight room. I know what he was doing in the film room. I know what he's been doing to get faster. I got to up my game also. So when you put yourself in that environment where excellence is the expectation, you kind of have the self-doubt creeps in because everybody else is so good too. Well, I love you. I love you talked about that it being a fear, right? Because I think there are, and especially now being in the position you're at, right? There's a lot of people that look at you and they'd say, oh, you played at Montana State. Now you play for the Seahawks. You probably don't experience the same things that I do, right? Because you're just at a different level. And you're just talking about every year, I was fearful that somebody else was going to come take my job. And, And the difference is you use that to motivate yourself to to get better all the time, right? And to con- continue Definitely. to do So take us, take us back to now we're junior, senior year. You're wrapping up your career. Go. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so come around, you know, junior, senior year, my junior year, I got named team captain. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those years where it's like, hey, it's my time. I'm coming in. Uh, I'm the quote unquote you know, number one receiver and our, uh, our starting quarterback ends up getting, how do I want to say this? He basically gets kicked out of school. And, uh, luckily we had a stud, uh, Troy Anderson who can play basically any position, uh, come in and and, and play quarterback for us. (laughs) So, So, yeah, it's insane. So, um, you know, I think, I mean, kudos to Troy for even being able to on such short notice, get in, step in there and be able to play college quarterback at such an elite level. But you could imagine that maybe, you know, that takes a hit on, on the passing game just a little bit. So, you know, I still, I think I had decent stats and, you know, was able to, you know, a few touchdowns and stuff, but that was another thing too, where it's like, you know, you kind of have to be selfless in that time where, you know, I'm probably going to be blocking a little bit more than, I probably would like if I, you know, being a wide receiver, but yeah, so that happened junior year. Um, we were a little bit better than senior year come around and, um, you know, where we have all the pieces and we get to, you know, the final four, I guess what they would call it for the FCS. And, you know, we end up losing to North Dakota state at the Fargo dome. Um, so that was kind of it. That's, that's my career and uh, at Montana state. So, that was in December of 2019. And so I kind of have the idea of, okay, I'm, well, I want to keep playing. So I'm going to train for my pro day in 2022. And at that point, um, you know, teams will come by and stuff. And, you know, the coaches were telling me, Hey, there's teams come by asking about you. There's a few of you guys who they definitely want to see at the pro day. So I'm like, all right, let's, let's do this. Um, and to be honest, I, I I had thought I had good enough stats, um, you know, for the, for teams to consider me to, I knew I wasn't, I know a couple of teams gave me seventh round grades, but I knew I was probably going to be an undrafted guy. So um, I decided to stay, obviously I, I was still up and finishing up school. So I trained in Montana and probably about how long, about a month, probably four or five, four or five weeks in, um, Obviously, COVID oh. comes along and derails, you know, uh, a lot of everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. So, uh, yeah, so our pro day gets canceled. And 
you know, my agent's still telling me, hey, there's still teams still like you. Um, you know, we're definitely thinking you're going to be a high priority free agent. And at that point, too, as everything came and played out after the draft came along and I wasn't hearing anything, you know, then he'd, they'd say, OK, hang tight. We're going to see what, what happens. Um, but the NFL, normally you have 90 guys on a roster right now. They can bring into training camp. They had cut that down to 80. Yeah. So that kind of made it tough because I'm probably the, you know, 88th, 89th, 89th, 90th guy who would be on the roster. So I just kind of stuck around and I waited and, and I didn't, I didn't hear anything. So um, I had a Montana state connection and a guy who um, had worked with my dad a little bit in the medical device field. And, uh, so I got a job and started working from basically lot. So I moved, I was down in San Diego at this point. I was working from Los Angeles, all down to San Diego, helping this guy basically getting to work. And, you know, I still was training and I was still had this mentality where I was like, Hey, I'm going to stay in shape regardless of what happens. I'm going to stay in shape, see what happens. And the next thing you know, it just kind of like everything started to kind of fizzle out and I kind of I remember I threw out all my football gear and threw my cleats and stuff away and I was kind of like you know what COVID everyone kept saying hey man you got screwed over that sucks um you know we so kind of I was in my football career I would say that was probably yeah July of 2020 I kind of decided I guess I'm done with football I was still working and then when was it in early 2021 and probably March, 2021, I went up to a CFL tryout in, uh, in Seattle <laughs> and uh, I went up there. It went really well. And then I came to learn that the CFL may not even have a season that year. So then three months later after, then I got a new job in Los Angeles where I moved up to Los Angeles, my girlfriend and I, and uh, we got all moved in. And then as soon as I am in Los Angeles, moved into a new apartment, signed a lease, all settled in. I get a call from the CFL saying, um, hey, would you you want to come? We, we're going to sign you right now. And I go, that's not going to that's not going to work. I'm, I'm done. I'm done playing. Like, don't call me anymore. Don't let <laughs> please don't call me. I'm done playing. So I was working in Los Angeles for this company called Alcon. Um, I'm not sure if you guys wear contact lenses or anything, but um, a leader in the you know eye care space. So I was working in LA. I'm I'm doing that for about eight months, and during that time, I had access to. I probably I don't think I was supposed to, but I had access to like Montana State's whatever they call it to their film and whatnot. So I was always still just watching film, watching their practices. I still love the game and. And, you know, my girlfriend had mentioned, hey, why don't you just, why don't you just try again? Why don't you just give it another shot? And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to. No, I, I don't want, I, I'm good. I'm done. I'm done playing. And then, um, when was that? 2021, 4th of July, um, probably some of my closest buddies from high school, we all went to Scottsdale for the 4th of July. Don't go to Scottsdale on the 4th of July, it's way too hot. Like, I don't know why we thought going to Arizona on the 4th of July was a good idea. But we're sitting there and 
one of my buddies almost kind of called me out a little bit. was like, why'd you, why'd you give it up? Why'd you stop? Like, if you, you're still so passionate about it, why, why'd you give it up? And um, I was like, yeah, COVID and stuff. And then I started to think about, it. I'm like, you know, that's a, I mean, probably 99% of people would say, Hey, that's a great excuse to say COVID. It ruined my dream. You know, I gave it up. I did, you know, went and got a job and I started to think about, it. I'm like, that's not who I am. I don't give up. I don't give up that easy. And so come shoot September, October kind of started to plant the idea with my parents and everyone that, Hey, I think we're going to, I think I'm going to quit this great job that I just got and I'm going to move back home and I'm going to start training. And then I remember when I first told my parents that they were kind of like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you, what do you mean? You're going to, you're going to quit your job and you're just going to start training again. So at first I think people thought I was a little crazy for even thinking that way. It's, it had been what, almost a year and a half. I hadn't played and, um, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. Why not? I'm, I'm going to do it. So quit my job. And then I had from basically December until March um, to really start training, getting after it again. I mean, I think something that helped during this whole time was I always still had that mentality of training like an athlete. So I was still in decent shape. So, and luckily by my parents got on board and they were like, okay, you can, you can move back home and, and, and give it one last shot. So, I mean, that without them, I, I that this wouldn't have even been possible. So luckily they, they did that. They let me move back. Actually, my girlfriend and I, we both, we moved in with my parents. And so that was an interesting four months of people asking me, Hey, what are you, what are you up to these days? Oh, I'm, I'm trying to play football again. And I'm trying to get in the NFL and I'm trying to do this and that. And people just being like, Oh, okay. That's you're crazy, but all right. Um, so I started training and then got ready for the pro day and, um, I thought it went well, you know, I ran a good time, caught the ball well, and, um, it seemed as though there was some interest after the, after the pro day. And then the draft comes along. My agent had kind of said, Hey, you'll probably know more, um, around the draft if you're going to get picked up and then draft comes by. I don't hear anything again couple weeks go by and I'm bugging my agent every day like hey is there anything is there anything is there anything and he was like hang tight I'm still working on it and stuff so at that point I was actually supposed to drive out the like so it was a Wednesday and I was supposed to drive out the following Monday for a new job training that I was got about to start because I don't like just I was frustrated again and um, you were done waiting like, around. Oh, just, yeah. Done waiting around, done laying around, waiting around. And I'm like, man, it just, it's just not meant to be. And then that night my agent called me and was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm nothing. I've been doing nothing for the past three months. <laughs> um, and then he just said, Hey, do you want to go up to Seattle for a trial? And I'm like, why do you even ask that? Like that just, of course I do. So I came up for a tryout. Um, you know, it went well. And that day they, they decided to sign me. So it was, it's just, it's just a crazy, I like to call it a journey that I've, I've been on to pursuing this dream. 
And obviously there's still a long road ahead, yeah. you know, to obviously making the team and stuff, but it's just, uh, it's just, it's just funny how stuff ends up working out. And, um, you know, I look back to high school and college and all the obstacles, and everything that's kind of get thrown in front of you and stuff. So I think that almost prepared me for, as I look back to this moment. So just a crazy, you know, journey that I've been on, um, athletically these past few years. I'm so curious because you said it a number of times in, in a different way, right? This people kind of ask, what are you up to these days? It's a great excuse. People said you got screwed because of COVID, like all these things. There's so many reasons from an outsider's perspective to not continue. Right. And you said, that's not who I am. I think that's such a fascinating, like, I don't quit. It's not who I am. I'm just curious, like not where that comes from, but why the commitment to it when there's every reason, every like rational reason, even right. I, I did this once before and nobody called and then the CFL calls and yeah, I I've quit. I'm done. Like, why the commitment the second time around? I'm, it's just such a, it's not normal. Let's, mm-hmm. let's say that. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, something that I've, I've thought about too, for, especially during this whole time, it's like, I got this comfy job where I'm making good money, you know, everything is fine. And then, but then I, I started to, you know, to really think about it. I'm like, what is my, I've read the, I just read during this, during this whole time too, the alchemist. So I like to think about, you know, that was an interesting read during this time period being on you know a quote-unquote personal journey and I started to think what's my what's my journey and what do I want out of life in a, in a sense like what was my dream growing up and why am I going to quit up my dream at 24 years old when there's so much life ahead of me um so I think that's really when I, I started to think about I'm like you know what maybe this isn't the norm to, to quit your job and, and pursue playing professional football but even regardless if I if it didn't work out I at least wanted to have, you know, I probably still would have been pretty frustrated, but at least wanted to know that I at least gave, gave it one last shot, you know, even having the opportunity to work out at a pro day in front of NFL teams. Um, you know, that was a dream of mine, you know, even as to get in front of an NFL team. And it's funny too, how, you know, I'm a, like, when I think of Montana state, I like, it, it's a part of me now. And um, I'm super passionate about the university and obviously the football culture and what we're able to establish there. And um, uh, it means the world to me. So it's funny, you know, you get done playing and you go, I wish I could have one more opportunity to just step back on that, get back on the field and be a part of the, be with the guys one last time. And I think I'm probably one of the only people who can say that, you know, I was able to do that two years later, I'm able to, you know, go work out with some guys that I had played with and, you know, be back in that facility one last time. So even if nothing worked out, that was, that had become a dream of mine just to be able to get back in that facility and, and, and just catch a couple of passes on the field a couple of last times. And you, you said a couple of things in there and, and it doesn't matter if you're 24, 35, 50, whatever it is, right? This is, you knew this was your passion. This was your goal. This was your dream. 
and to say, why would I quit now and not give up at 24? Well, the same could be said at 37, at 50, right? And it's like, wait a second, if you figure out that, if you figure out who you are and what you want to be, there's no time that's too late to go chase that thing. And now, yes, physically, you might not be able to go try out for the NFL or whatever, but but that's that's the whole point is it's not – you can continue to grow and get better and do the things that you want to do. It doesn't matter when, as long as you're committed to it. And, and like you said, giving it, giving it a fair try because I think that's the other thing. So many of us say, oh, well, yeah, I kind of tried, right? I, I played college football. I did the thing I went through – but you didn't feel like that was your best effort at that. And, and Jamie and one of our best friends, Kevin is, is uh, he was a four-time all American golfer in college. And um, he, we talk to him all the time and it's like, Hey, and he's going to listen to this and he'll probably be pissed, but that's okay. Cause I've, I had this conversation with him. You talked about your friends sitting you down and saying, Hey, go do this thing. You're good enough to do this. Right. And, and, and I think he, he gave it a shot a couple of different times and he's the only one who knows if he gave it his best shot. But I think that's the, that's the other part of it is, did you give whatever that thing is your best effort and try to accomplish that? Definitely. No, I agree. And I think too, um, you know, during this time when I had been training again, um, I didn't just want to obviously sit around and, and just focus. I mean, there was more time in the day to get, get other stuff done, but, you know, I've been one of those, I'm, I like to say, like, you know, I'm a creative at heart. I'm always coming up with ideas. And uh, what I noticed as well, just like, you know, a lot of people out there have great ideas. A lot of people can think of really innovative things to whatever, whether it's a product or a service of some sort, you know, to have that idea, but then to take action, I think is, is so important, you know, and, um, you know, I had this idea of, oh, I'm going to go try to play football again. But that was just the idea. I'm like, okay, what do I have to do in order to, to do that? Okay, I got to start training again. I have to do that. And, you know, during this time too, I, I had this idea for, you know, I, I had started a, almost a football apparel business of mine. I have had, and I had the idea, you know, for quite some time, but I'm like, if I want to make, make that a reality, I got to, you have to take it. You have to take action. You have to take matters into your own hand and, and get the ball rolling. So, I think that's just something else. Like during this whole time, it's like, if people aren't going to, people aren't, aren't going to do the work for you, you got to put the work in. So yeah. I don't know. I just, just funny out, you know, um, the stuff you can learn along, you know, life and throughout, you know, this journey as well. So you said it earlier, you're probably 88, 89, 90 on the Seahawks roster, right? They cut it to 53 and then there's a 10 man practice squad. Like, what do you do to close the gap between now and August 25th or whenever that final cut down day that says I'm, I'm making this team because you've faced this type of adversity before. How do you put yourself into this position where we've leveled up now, right? There's no doubt that you're now in a, in a very small percentage of people. How do you, what, what are your next steps? And I'm not saying you're going to make the team, whatever it is, but how do you prepare? How do you take action right now to put yourself in the best possible position to, to be wearing a Jersey come up, come Sunday? Yeah. Um, what I've learned very quickly is that the playbook is, is, it's what it's been, you know, made up to be. It's not easy. It's, you know, it takes time to learn it and whatnot, but 
you know, even being here for a couple of weeks, you, you start to appreciate the Tom Brady's, the guys who do this at an elite level, because, you know, it, I, I would like to say at the NFL level, I've only been here for a couple of weeks, but gosh, it's, it is super like, how are you between the, between the ears? Can you process stuff quickly? Can you, can you know where to snap a route down? If you're in this coverage, if you're in that, you know what routes around and You know, right now, obviously it's, can I line up correctly and can I run the, you know, the right play call that's coming out of the huddle. But, you know, I think it comes down to how are you between the ears? Can your body hold up through a training camp and throughout a season and whatnot? And um, can you make plays when, you know, live bullets are flying? So uh, I'm excited for obviously, you know, training camp and stuff like that to just, you know, give myself an opportunity to, to do so. But, you know, I think kind of like what I allude back to, you know, getting into uh, Montana state is, the best guys are the ones who come in are, you know, fundamentally, they understand obviously how to run routes, how to get open, but obviously do they know the playbook and they do know the little nuances. So I think that's what it's going to come down to. And obviously it's, it's going to be an uphill battle being that, you know, I understand that I'm probably not the the number one guy on the roster right now. And, and, um, but yeah, you know, and it's just one of the things, you know, I'm going to enjoy this moment too. take it day by day yeah. and just, you know, if I can, you know, learn the playbook and do all I can to give myself the best chance. That's what, that's what I'm shooting for. Love it. Incredible stuff, Kevin. We appreciate you taking the time to, to join us. And, and like I said, I, we're so excited for you. Uh, excited that you're able to share your story and, and humbled that you're able to uh, make the time for us. So best of luck. We're, we're cheering for you. I mean, I'm a Lions fan, so I, I guess I can, I'll, I mean, I'll cheer for you on Sundays when we get there, but uh, no, enjoy the journey, like you said, and, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. appreciate it. Thanks guys. This is, this is awesome. Incredible stuff from Kevin. And I, you know what, Jamie, I don't even know, that we have to do an out much of it because he just did it. Like he talked about the things that we so often talk about in terms of, and especially that last part where he's talking about action. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody has ideas. Everybody has this thing. And then what are you going to do? Are you going to take action? And the thing that I love about it is like, even if it doesn't work is worth it. Right. Even if it doesn't work, I get the chance to do this thing. Like for him, step on a football field, play with, you know, step on that specific football field and do this thing with the people that I care about in this place that meant so much to me. One more chance, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take that chance. And if it never turns into anything else, so be it. Yeah, but how often do we recognize that, right? Yeah. And And are you able to frame it in that, perspective of no matter what happens i'm better because i tried and yeah. defining that success right it's success either way whether you get signed by the nfl team or you just did it one more time with the guys that you lined up with every saturday for five years right like and and then to be like not just that i've defined success that way but to like to step away and be grateful you know, like I, he talked about that too. I'm just, like, this is a cool opportunity. I'm gonna make the most of it. And that was kind of like, Hey, that was what Montana state was, right? It's a cool opportunity. I'll make the most of it. I, they don't want me here during the summer. Cool. I'm, I'm gonna make the best of it. Right. It doesn't have to all line up 
for it to work out. It doesn't have to be all the things you wanted it to be from the beginning in your head for it to work out in the end is man. It's a great lesson. It's a great reminder. Uh, Kevin, good luck, man. Um, we, we know that, that you're going to do everything you can to, to be, uh, to be out there when it matters. So listeners, thank you for joining us. We appreciate each week you joining us for another conversation where, where we get better. And, um, we're excited to continue to have people like Kevin share their stories because it grows all of us and, and it impacts all of us. So thank you for joining us. And as always live eyes up.